Welcome to the Generosity Labs podcast. We know that church generosity and giving is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we talk to patrons, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life. Are you ready to learn more about how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out? Let's get to today's episode. Welcome, everybody. This is Kenny Jang with Generosity Labs. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Um, I'm really happy and excited to talk to um, a new friend of mine across the digital information highway um, in the Oregon-Idaho Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, I'm, this is just one of the pleasures that I have of meeting people across the country that talk about generosity. So, um, Cece, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Great, great to be here. So, uh, let's just get started, and I want to know um, a little bit more about who you are and what your ministry is all about. Um, where, let's start with where you're located, um, how you're connected to the conference, and what your role is there. Okay, great. Um, well, I am located in Salem, Oregon, and so it's the capital, and I'm not even wearing Birkenstocks, so how's that? So <laughs> not, not really a true Oregonian, but uh, what I do for my work in general is I'm a development director. I do a lot of development stuff um, for nonprofits here in the Salem area. So I work with arts, I work with um, a child abuse assessment program, and I work with a program that helps kids get new clothes, the uh, poor uh, kids and kids in need. Um, and then I have this whole other aspect of my life where I work with the church. I am a lay person, but have been a lifelong United Methodist with uh, trails down to the Jesus movement and sojourners and a variety of different places all over the world. So um, where what I do now with the United Methodist Church and with the Oregon Idaho Annual Conference is I write a blog called Inspiring Generosity. The work that I did through um, all my development work uh, really led me to see that clergy sadly are not trained in seminary to raise money yeah. or even how to do development work. And, um, and I see it very different than fundraising, which is a one-time event as opposed to development, which is relationship building. And the church is primed for just picking up the tips that um, somebody like myself has has figured out over the last 20, I've been doing this for about 20 years now, um, that, that can translate very easily into the church. So Definitely. that's what I do. So I write a blog called Inspiring Generosity. I uh, consult with churches about how they're doing stewardship or uh, financial crises that they're in. So I do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. And I, and that is a good point. Like when I went to Princeton Seminary, there were no classes on um, relationship, donor development, um, and none of that stuff. And I, the question is, where is that? Where are you supposed to just pick that up? Right. Um, it's definitely not in undergraduate studies, right? So um, I was recently talking to the director of Con Ed at Princeton, thinking about what are the practical areas that we can provide as tools. But again, it's just not being taught. And so uh, pastors, I think, are ill-equipped or under-equipped in this area of inspiring generosity. And I love the fact that that's your blog um, focus for yeah. really giving practical tips there. Now, um, there was one blog post that caught my eye, 
in which you actually talked about setting your generosity priorities and giving the clergy some really good tips on three things that you can do right now to encourage and promote generosity in your congregation. Um, I'm wondering if you could just help us walk through that today in terms of one, two, three, so that we can give our listeners here today some really practical things that they can actually go off and and probably try this week in particular, right? These are really easy, low-hanging fruit stuff. Absolutely. Um, So the first one that you talked about is um, thanking people who gave for the first time or unexpectedly. Uh, What's that about? How, How is that? helpful and literally what what can someone do when when that happens well let me start off by saying that um, there is competition for all resources these days and for all giving and people who do the thank you really well they are the ones that people remember so um, it is sort of a pet peeve of mine that the church I think in general does a really poor job of thanking people yeah. because we're still in that old mindset of, well, it's their responsibility. It's what they're supposed to do. And yes, that's true, but that doesn't mean you don't use your good manners. And um, as your mom or your grandma said, please write a thank you letter. So especially when someone is new to the church and this is their first time giving, you should have a letter that a first time letter said, I noticed that you gave to our church for the first time. And I just can't tell you what a difference that would make because I know from my own experience, when I've gone to a church or when I've given to something specially, um, especially related to the church and I've gone to the, the, you know, I've written a check out the whole nine yards and there's crickets. Nobody acknowledges it. It's not even, recognize. So that, to me, is really critical that um, a pastor just takes a moment to say, wow, I noticed you. That's the other thing. It's a ministry to be able to say, I noticed you. I might not have had a chance to meet you in church, but I noticed that you gave, and I want to thank you for coming to our church, and I want to thank you for giving. That's awesome. Now, some of the pastors that I've talked with, when we bring up the the old art of thank you notes. And uh, side note, do you do you say that uh, pastors should be writing handwritten notes or typed notes or emails? What's your preference? Um, basically, I, I, I think all three are fine, but just do it. I really do. I mean, the, the method that's easiest for you, that's what you should do. Or the method, you know, um, I love getting a handwritten note. That's always nice because it's so unexpected if anything and i think a a typewritten note is nice if at the end you write um you know god bless you pastor john and or pastor ann and then in the on the letter itself write a little special note in your own handwriting so that they know actually a human touched the (laughs) touched the letter and then make sure somebody has a handwritten envelope because we get so much junk mail that when, when something comes in the mail that has actual handwriting on it, like, wow, that's pretty impressive. So I think um, the best is to go first class mail, if at all possible, because then that's something that people can hold. They might even put it on the refrigerator. That would be the big bonus. So um, that that's my suggestion is, is make sure that they feel like a hand, somebody has put their hand on it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah but if so- you do email, go ahead and do email too, because 
you know, a th any thank you is better than no thank you. That's that's a great axiom to have. So uh, the 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 pushback that I was getting at is some pastors say, hey, what? Some people, the first time they give, they don't give that much. It might be five dollars. It might be ten dollars. It might be just a couple of dollars. It literally might be one or two dollars in the uh, yeah. offering plate, or it might be a check for five dollars even, right? Yeah. So um, it feels petty thanking for those. Should they still do that? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, if your grandma sent you five dollars in the mail, you would be expected to write her a thank you right. note, even if it was just five dollars. And I think we go back to looking at the widow's might. I mean, you know, the widow didn't throw in a lot of money, but it was everything she had. So don't make those assumptions for somebody else that they could have given more money. Maybe they could have. And maybe they're waiting to see how you respond to that first gift to say, wow, should I should I invest more money in this in this church? Uh, that's a great, great response there. And I, I, I agree with you that it's it's not about the amount, it's about participation, and it's right. about recognition of what they've done, right? Absolutely. Okay, the second tip that you have, and I think is this one, I love this one, because um, I'm one of those process-oriented guys in these schedules, and you say, schedule a day every week that you uh, can yeah. write four gratitude notes, and you're not asking for like 40, you're just saying four. Right. Um, I think I could do that. I could actually put that on my calendar and schedule it on a weekly basis, right, right? to do it pick a day that uh, it's good in your routine and actually do that so um, tell us a little bit more about that how how important is that for follow-through what what has been the response from some of the people that you've you've used that with well I think um, surprise let's just put it that way first of all it's like wow I, I wasn't expecting a thank you note these are not this is not for a recent donation or a recent you know tithe it's just to thank people. We did this once with, I mean, we uh, a, a variation of this was at our uh, administrative council meeting. We uh, passed out thank you letters. We passed out notes from the church and said, at our uh, ad council meeting tonight, we talked about how thankful we were for people. I'm thankful for you because, and people wrote that out, and people got great responses. You know, some people were just like, why did you do that? There Was there some ulterior motive? And we're like, no, we're just thankful that you gave. And I think that's when we've received those kind of letters from our pastor, it's like, wow, that, that really means something, that he, I mean, we have a male pastor right now, so he was actually thinking of me, uh, you know? He was thinking about us, and it wasn't so much for, thank you for your $50. It was thank you for being a generous person. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for thinking of us. And cause we know that you can give to a lot of places, but your generosity makes a difference. And that's the other thing that those gratitude notes can do. They can let people know how the money's being spent or how, you know, it's like, you know, your generosity made one thing possible. It made youth development possible. It, you know, it, it makes a difference. So, yeah, they, they it really can do two things. It can thank the giver and it can let them know what their you know what their money is doing. And I just love your reminder in this blog post. You say, hey, just think about it. over the course of a year, if you do four a week, yeah. it adds up to actually two hundred and eight people that you've thanked over the year. Just imagine the blessing that you are giving to other people. Oh. Uh, I think it, we we forget about those little things add up, right? Yeah, they do. I I think they do make a difference. I I uh, you know and. The other thing is they make a difference for you. So you start right. I mean, we um, I had suggested one year for Valentine's Day that um, a clergy person write little goofy um, Valentine's cards to their uh, congregation. And even if it wasn't 
personally, you know, somebody would say, would start right, the pastor, I got a letter back saying, after I said, thank you so much, you mean a lot to me. She goes, you know what? I started falling in love with my congregation mm. again. And so it's, it's not only the act of how it impacts the person receiving the note, it's how it's impacting you as you write the letter, because you're like, wow, these people are really awesome. This is what a blessing to have them in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm pulling out my desk. Um, I just got this Thanksgiving. This was a box of, I went to Target and I got this box of cards, right? Just multicolored cards. And look, from Thanksgiving till now, how many cards I've written, I'm only a quarter way through the box already. Um, how many cards in it? It's over 250 cards. And so I'm a quarter way through just writing thank you notes away. And that's a practice that the church that I've been a part of has been um, really instilling. Every volunteer is giving up their time and treasure. And uh, volunteers yeah. are heroes, especially. So um, givers and, and, and volunteers. Be, yeah, and they don't need to be. I mean, I guess I'd emphasize they don't need to be long and drawn out. No. I mean, it's really two or three sentences is all that it takes. And that the fact that it's handwritten again, that really makes a difference. Yes. And uh, just even saying that they're an encouragement to you in ministry, right? That's yeah, a that's yeah. the, that's the sentiment. Okay, number three, you talk about every Sunday, and yes, every Sunday, you want to plan to thank your congregation for being generous and for su supporting ministries that make a difference. And I love that underscore, yes, every Sunday. It's the same people every Sunday. Are we supposed to thank them again and again and again? Yes, but you can also be creative, too. So it doesn't have to be you. I, let me just go back and, and say why I think this particular one is, is really important. When our, new, our pastor came in, our church was sort of on a down on the down low, right? It was, you know, people were pretty depressed. And he came in and his first thing was to remind us of who we were. So he talked about our, the history of this church. It's 175 years old. And we're like, oh, wow, you know, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that we'd, we'd had this storied history and it really meant something to the city of Salem. And then he started talking about thank and thanking us for being a generous congregation. It's like, wow, that, you know, and he would, he didn't say it just once. He would, so, I, I think it was like every Sunday, he would say something about, you know, you all are really generous and this is how you, and goodness, you know, we started thinking of ourselves as being generous. We like, and if he thinks we're generous, well, we better be generous. And so that's why that was so important to do. I mean, and I think it really helped change the trajectory of how our church felt about itself and how we felt about giving. So that is what's really important. So the, cler the clergy person does not need to be the one that does all the thanking. This is where the old fashioned testimony can come in, yes. where somebody can come in and, uh, you know, somebody who's being ministered to by the programs that are going on in the church, a youth, a kid in Sunday school, somebody who goes to an AA meeting at your church can come in and say, I want to thank your church for its generosity, or I want to thank this congregation for being so generous to make youth ministry possible so that I can go to it. Thank you for making this building available so I can go to an AA meeting. Thank you for um, letting me go to Sunday school. There are so many ways that you can do this. So it doesn't just have to be you. It might take a little bit of time. But yeah, every Sunday you should be saying thank you and thank you for being generous. And here's how you're being generous. It's not some flip thing. It's not some saccharine. It's genuine because really without your congregation, ministry couldn't happen. Yeah. And 
and there, right there, I think, because our culture is so opposite to that notion, I just love the idea of our leaders and our people modeling that for our own congregation community, yeah. especially the youth, right? So that yeah. this, this, this effervescent culture of generosity just becomes contagious and it really it really does get ingrained in our in our personalities right mm -hmm. absolutely I, um you know one thing i i loved was that a pastor had one of their um had had a sunday school write all these thank you notes and had it really pretty and then what he did was he put it on the church letterhead so it could say thank you and then he had fabulous thank you notes straight from his own youth and children to thank people, you know, randomly. So it was really a great way to do it. Love that idea. Love that idea. Well, Cece, I just love the fact that your blog is full of more practical yeah. ideas like this. Yes. Um, you've got, I think, some other things like a stewardship calendar and some. What? Tell us. Right. Tell us. Sell us. Give a plug for your blog because I really love the stuff that you're doing over there. Well, thanks. Um, once again, remember that my primary job is to be a development person. And so what I'm trying to do is share with you the secrets of development and what I've learned over the years, what I've read in blogs, what I've read all over the place. So um, that's the reason that I started this blog was just to share my secrets. And um, so I talk about all sorts of things related to development, whether that's um, preaching, about preaching about generosity. That's the other thing, because I know clergy are really afraid of that, um, or can be, whether um, you should know what your people are giving. Um, storytelling, that was last week's blog, was on storytelling, what you can learn from certain things that happen. Um, I did one recently on the Academy Awards fiasco and what you can learn from that. So um, it's all over, and, and, and I talked about one, one was a very popular one was when Prince died, talking about leaving your will, making sure you have a will in place because Sadly, Prince did not have a will in place. So it's reaching all over the map about development and ways in which you can inspire generosity in your very own congregation. Perfect. Well, Cece, I hope you would join us again for a future episode. There's so many other topics that I'd love to have you share your expertise on here at Generosity Labs. Absolutely. We'd so love to do if it. someone wanted to get in touch with you directly after listening to this conversation, what's the best way to do that? Carrier pigeon, telegraph, email, <laughs> Skype. What's the what's the best way? Um, you, you can write me at inspiringgenerosity at gmail.com. That's my email address for inspiring generosity. So feel free to do that. My blog, you can find it on umoi.org um, along the blogs. And so I would love to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much. Cece Delph Sherman, really a treat to talk to you and in future conversations. I, you, you promised here on air, so I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, we'll ha have future chats about stewardship, development, grant writing, uh, all this other fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and for the rest of you, please let us know if today's conversation is helpful. Like this podcast episode and drop some comments to let us know your thoughts and questions so that we can follow up on them and tell a friend or two about our generosity labs podcast if you get a chance thanks so much i'm kenny jang for generosity labs till next time be good thank you for joining us on this week's episode don't forget to join us every week right here for the generosity labs podcast in the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.